Dive, dive, dive into the world of movie magic as we unravel the stunning complexities behind the screen. Ever wondered how filmmakers craft those jaw-dropping, seamless scenes? Virtual production is the game changer in modern cinema, transforming the impossible to possible. Pierce the veil of illusion as you join us now in episode 2327, when your hosts, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will answer the bottomless question, what is virtual production on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast? Hello and welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And if you're a returning fan, it's really great to see you again. If you're new to our podcast, it's really great to have you here today. Uh, in today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Sean and I will be providing an answer to another great fan question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com. This question comes from Sarah R. from Newark, New Jersey, and Sarah asks the CG Bros, what is virtual production? My name is Bill Johnston, and I'm a veteran in the gaming world, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital VFX for more than 20 years now, and it seems like yesterday, Sean. Yes, it sure does. Um, I'm his brother, Sean, professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry, uh, with a ton of experience as well, over 20 years, and uh, today I'm currently a principal animator, and we're grateful to be your host for today's edition of the CG Insider Podcast. Um, hey, since the beginning of movie making, uh, it's uh, gone through some significant changes, uh, showing uh, the ever-changing and evolving nature of the film industry, the field of gaming, and technological advancements in general. Uh, in today's podcast, we'll be discussing the world of virtual production and how virtual production methods have revolutionized the filmmaking industry, transforming it in some amazing and significant ways. Um, and not just how we make movies, but uh, how we watch and even experience movies. Also, be sure to stay to the end uh, because we'll be sharing some of your comments that you've sent in about some of our previous podcasts. Thanks again for a great question, Sarah. Bro, what is virtual production? And we hear that word everywhere today. Yeah, you know, it's becoming more commonplace. And, and it, we're, the whole industry, as you mentioned, is, is, is being revolutionized by, you know, digital technology. And, you know, back in the beginning of, of, of filmmaking, Sean, films were silent and, you know, black and white with actors using a lot of heavy makeup because you, the cameras really weren't that great. And so you had to be able to see the expressions on their faces. And they, you know, when they conveyed emotions, they had to, you know, do it through exaggerated gestures and exaggerated facial expressions and, uh, and then when sound came into the picture, and no pun intended, <laughs> in the late 1920s, uh, it really revolutionized filmmaking because it enabled dialogue and, and music to really enhance the storytelling experience. And then, of course, when uh, you know color was introduced in the in the 1930s, uh, it, it really added a you know a deeper level of realism and a vibrant depth uh, to the overall cinematic experience for the audience. Um, so, so you know, here we are today. Um, you know, we're we're in a digital revolution, and, and that really started in, in, in about the eight, 80s, late eighties, it seems. And uh, you know, filmmaking took on what we call a, a quantum leap uh, since then, um, with the advent of digital technology, and really opened up a new universe that that allows you know people like you and me and filmmakers uh, to explore uh, just new creative possibilities uh, through the use of CGI. Um, and so. Uh, you know, visual effects have been uh, have been affected in huge ways. Uh, sound design, uh, just the whole immersive experience uh, of uh, you know computer graphics, I think, as a whole, uh, and it's affected, of course, not just movie making but uh, gaming uh, as well. And we've done a couple podcasts uh, on on that subject. Yes, and so it's a it's a virtual production method of filmmaking, right, and television production that uses uh, computer generated imagery, 
augmented reality and motion capture and other technologies to create those uh, obviously realistic environments and effects on a virtual set. Um, virtual production allows filmmakers the freedom to create uh, sweeping vistas and vast um, uh, imagination uh, landscapes that you've uh, convincing creatures from um, all of our imaginations. And um, the virtual production, I know, obviously took off hugely uh, around uh, COVID. And they were doing it early on for a lot of uh, a previs. Um, and then it really, really took off, obviously, because of the, the pandemic. And so I think there's uh, a lot of things that uh, it's, it, uh, it expanded those possibilities for all those teams now because they're, they had to, to um, uh, get productions done. But with the pandemic in, in, in place, uh, it, was, it was tough uh, to do. Mm -hmm. And so they had to think of something fast. So I think that's why it really, really started taking off. And, uh, and I think it's definitely here to stay. And so, um, uh, yes, I, in I, fact, I, I, you know, even I doing, just, re go ahead. I was going to say go. remote, remote uh, gaming for you and I. I mean, that's, that's basically here to stay. Um, so I, this, there's no reason why the, the other virtual production isn't here to stay. Well, yeah. And I think, I think you're right. Uh, COVID really did put, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, they say. I think I got that right, but yeah. uh, it really pushed, you know, it really pushed things forward uh, in a big way. I mean, like you said, it was being used in, you know, some novel, novel ways and, and some pretty, pretty clever ways. But, but yeah, the pandemic when, when everybody had to work from home, that, that, that forced, kind of forced virtual production uh, to become the mainstream. And, and I think what people found was that it was, it's, I mean, there's, there's benefits to, to, ha you know, doing it non-virtually. I mean, there's a, it's, there's there's some benefits to that, but I think I think uh, be, you know moving into the virtual realm when in, in production has has really pushed the technology and the and and movie making as an art form itself. I mean, you know, it, it's for one thing, uh, it it made it uh, you know accessible to a lot more people. I, I mean, shooting movies and uh, is is a very costly. Um, Endeavor. I mean, you've got to have you know build sets, and you've got to you know rent spaces, and you've got to set up equipment, and I mean uh, have insurance and hire actors. I mean that that's nothing new. But Find the place to shoot. I mean, if you go exactly. back to, I think uh, pretty much the the things that I've heard about virtual production and any things I've read about, even having the that toy that that term coined. Uh, virtual cinematography, for example, I think that was right around the time James Cameron came out with Avatar in 2009. And that was the first time I had really seen um, the motion capture done with both the actor and the camera movements basically in the same time, in real time, um, using Motion Builder and some other tools that they had where he had his little um, tablet up and he was actually doing the shots. And then, of course, um, that was basically because of the early efforts of Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson and uh, in fact, uh, even Robert Zemeckis was using that on, on Polar Express, and uh, I believe Beowulf as well. A buddy of mine used to uh, used to work on, uh, actually worked at Sony uh, with with uh, Zemeckis on um, at least on uh, Beowulf, and he was uh, significantly he was talking a lot about that whole thing using Motion Builder and using the uh, the tablets to go around the room and and kind of do a, a virtual thing versus going into an actual. Um, you know, location, I mean, obviously, because it was CGI, the whole thing was CGI, there's no live actors or live backgrounds in that. Yes, I think that's, that's, that's key. I mean, with COVID, I mean, no one was able to travel. So you, you, you couldn't go to locations, you know, that's, that, that's, a, that was a biggie. 
is you, you couldn't get to a place where you could, you know, nobody could travel and go to these sets or these locations to film their movies. And so that really put a damper on things. And, you know, there's, of course, green screen technology where you can kind of throw in backgrounds and, and, and uh, you know, kind of do it that way. But, but it never looked right. You know, it always, there was, there was always, there was a lot of technical challenges with, with you know, keying out actors and, uh, you know, with their hair especially and, uh, you know, certain, certain lighting problems. And so, so, you know, the virtual production techniques, uh, Really, really solved that that problem, and that, like I said uh, earlier, that, that you know, that it had been being done in previous, like you, and as you mentioned, you know, when when you're actually, uh, you know, have the actors on set, and you can kind of see the, the especially when you're doing something like uh, some kind of science fiction thing where you've got, you know, everything is computer generated, uh, and that that's that I think that was that that was a huge, uh, huge revolutionary thing as well. It was just was was bringing digital editing in. Uh, where you could do nonlinear editing and and uh, you know digital uh, post production, it really made filmmaking look so much better. Um, but now that it's kind of becoming mainstream, um, I think one of the other you know fantastic things about virtual production is that it, it's you know the technology is becoming cheaper. So you know it's 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 becoming more democratic. I guess is a good way to say it. Where you know almost anyone democratize. Uh, yeah, we used that before. Yeah, I mean the the first time I saw Gravity. I was blown away by that. I think it was a it was a giant leap when they had those LED um, panels that they were using to to illuminate um, the spacesuits, the partial spacesuits that they were on. Because um, I do have a video of of that um, that I can show. Just kind of just a little mm -hmm. bit of gravity in, in um, 2013 that came out. I mean, the the movie in, it was fantastic. I don't know. Have you seen it, Bill? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's it's just great. It's just amazing. Um, so. You know, while the resolution of those panels weren't sufficient to capture them on cam, captured on camera, they they basically provided that interactive lighting, so it would affect the actors' faces by playing that video footage over, um, you know, footage of the visual effects backgrounds, and so they were spinning around and doing all these crazy moves, and the and Sandra Bullock had to, um, I think she she did a, a workout routine just for like I don't know six months or something to, to prepare for it because they were using stuff that they had never used before to get these long long shots. Um, so, I mean, I guess the, you know, obviously most, most of the completed space shots were in, in gravity were basically, um, filmed, you know, where the actors faces and everything else around them was, was pr produced digitally. Um, so you can kind of see through here that she's wearing this thing. You don't even see the, the, the bottom of her and these guys had to, to rig these things that had never been done before. And she was saying that the cameras, all these things coming at her, um, you know, if, 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 if something snapped, I mean, basically, or the, or the, the machine, the camera that was actually the robotic cameras coming at her, she would have been done. It would have been over. But, um, here's a little trivia real quick. I just, I, I was just, just reading this, um, the lake that, uh, that she crashes into, um, was filmed at, uh, Lake Powell in Arizona. Um, and, and believe it or not, that's the same lake that was used for, uh, Taylor's crash in Planet of the Apes in 1968. Oh, that's interesting. That's really cool. Well, Fascinating. You know, yeah, fasc mind. fascinating, Jim. Uh, I, I remember, uh, you know, when I saw Oblivion with Tom Cruise, uh, they had used a virtual, you know, virtual, uh, you know, vir uh, screen, you know, uh, uh, for for the lighting, and I, I was so amazed at how how real it looked, and you know that that right there. I mean, just from a lighting perspective, because that was one of the real problems, you know, in making movies and and combining, you know, elements. The lighting was just never. Never interactive. It was. It was not. It wasn't even. 
it might be close, but it, it you could you could tell there was something wrong visually with 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 it when they you know you'd composite some some kind of background and and they try to fake the lighting in the camera yeah uh, without really seeing what what the background was and it never really matched up and so that I think that was you know one of the just for for me that was revolutionary you know being able to see that it just made the elements blend together perfectly and and you know when we see lighting if it's not right it's kind of like facial expressions you can tell when you know the uncanny valley when something's or, or even in CG, we're so sophisticated, we can see when something just isn't right. We might might not be able to identify it exactly, put our finger on it, but you can tell something's wrong. And and in, you know, until they started using these these uh, movie screens in the background to to light up the the and they were they were 180 degree screens, sometimes 360. But you know, you didn't really see a, a lot of the stuff on the screen. But like you said, it was the re the resolution wasn't good enough, so you'd see it through windows and stuff like that. But it really changed the the the, the, the quality. Uh, they really raised the bar. Yeah, it almost seemed a lot of the, that stuff, like you said about the lighting effects into the live action sets and the actors' faces and things. It's it wasn't provided. It wasn't like in sync. A lot of times you would never see that. For example, I mean, I get they used it in Rogue One. A lot of the the LED screens as well, or screens as well, and um, so they would say they would have that the lighting effects on on the uh, live actors faces and their eyes especially if you have close-ups and things and so i guess uh during solo they took those uh, even further uh by having real-time animation so a lot of those um tie fighter shots that were chasing uh, and attacking the millennium falcon um you could see the actual flash of those green laser bolts into the uh into the shots and in the, in the faces of the uh the cockpit on cue so it was all synced um so that a lot of those we, you know, we talked about obviously the in the past about uh, you know the virtual panels or the virtual production using those LED panels and Mandalorian and all that. So um, I think uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of companies now are using uh, that technology and, and augmenting that too. Um, so a lot of it's, uh, for example, uh, Netflix has a has a show, uh, I believe it's 1899. Um, where they have this uh, water that's 360 degrees. In fact, the entire uh, set rotates around. So they kind of took John Favreau's uh, techniques that they used in The Mandalorian and 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 uh, you know augmented it and took it further uh, by having that rotational stage in 360 degrees. I believe it's 360. Um, so anyway, that I, it's just amazing what uh, they can to do today. I mean, it's here's a video of that of them creating that rotational rotating stage uh, that has the LED screens too. Yeah, and that's the, I think that's key is having a, 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 you know, being able to see the backgrounds of things, um, you know, in, in camera. I mean, with the advent of digital cameras and higher resolutions, you know, any, any little <laughs> imperfection in, 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 you know, what you're seeing, you know, translate, you know, you could, it's like when, when, you know, actors got really upset when HD came out because it showed, you know, all the pores and the pimples and the, the freckles and all that stuff on their faces. It, it really, I mean, allowed you to, to, to see what their faces really look like instead of the nice, soft, you know, cinematic look that they, they had previously. And so, you know, everything had to step up as far as quality goes. And, and I think uh, having the, these high-resolution digital backgrounds now really solved that, that problem. And, um, yeah, like you said, it's, they're, they're cheaper than going, I mean, fly, try flying a whole crew and all your equipment out to, you know, the Arabian desert or, or try, like you said, in that previous uh, video you're showing, try getting that all out there on the ocean. I, I mean, like, um, master and commander, uh, oh, yeah. just think how, how that would be today if they were using that type of technology. Uh, it would just be fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, so it really. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say they, you know, eighteen ninety nine. That's actually going to be coming out, I believe. Uh, if it out, hasn't already come out, um, it it will be coming out. I'm, I have you heard of eighteen ninety nine? It's basically a, a board a transatlantic ocean liner at the uh, turn of the century. Um, no, no, it sounds sounds cool though. So um, this particular one, I guess it's they are. You know, they were going to go and make, you know, do the same in the same mold of Game of Thrones. They're going to make extensive use of location work like you're talking about throughout Europe. But then, of course, the health crisis came up and then they had to rapidly retool to uh, to shoot entirely with those uh, those giant LED volumes that they've got. Um, so, um, yeah, exactly. Go. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, what's really cool about it is is uh, we t- we touched on this just a few moments ago, but you know because of this revolution, um, you know in the you know, old days studios uh, were were you know large studios were the only ones who really could make movies, and because of this technology, it's it's really allowed people. I mean, you can you can actually rent space in these similar to mo- a mocap studio, basically. Um, you could actually go and, 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 you know, if you have your own digital sets and you have your own digital assets, you could actually load, you know, bring them in and, and shoot, shoot your own movie. So it's really opened up the access to movie making to a lot of people who haven't, you know, been, a, you know, been able to afford make, to make a movie. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of aspiring filmmakers out there, you know, like, you know, like us. <laughs> but, you know, it, it allow it, it's bringing the technology down so that the, so that more people can tell more stories and and there's a lot of stories to tell and and you know it's, uh, one of my pet peeves about movie making in in, as, in general is the you know you the, it seems like they're just telling the same old story over and over again when there's so many cool stories to tell you know why why do we have to you know you know have have version five and six and you know, Indiana Jones 12 and I know you know, I mean it, it just aren't there there's so many original ideas out there that are not being shown and, and not being t- stories that aren't being told that I think this too this risky is where I, yeah, yeah well yeah because you've got to make that the money back and and marketing is a huge thing and that's another another cool area in, 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 as far as uh, you know this virtual uh, virtual production is concerned is because um, you can you can distribute you know your films in a whole different way I mean it's not only can you you know make the movies, you can distribute them, you can market them. I mean, look at social media and and uh, digital distribution pipelines. It's 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 all democratizing the the the, the process. And I think uh, filmmakers, or at least um, you know large movie studios uh, today, are really starting to run scared because you know a lot of the movies that they're spending these you know two hundred three hundred million dollars on are starting to fail. And yeah. I think people are just tired of the same old story uh, told over and over again. I mean, a lot of stories are similar, and you know, they're, they're, they always say there's no nothing new under the sun. But you know, I, I don't believe that, and I, I think you know they're based on people's experiences. And when you get a, a really narrow group of people telling stories, it, it really hurts the whole industry. I think as a whole. Yes, and the realism you can get with those virtual production stages and led screens um in fact i go back to the 1899 um uh, show that's coming out um the there's a there's a report that the it was so realistic that uh, they actually added a direct a directional sprinkler system and they incorporated that into uh you know creating the falling rain for stormy seas and the visuals are so authentic and the water coming at these these uh, actors was so authentic to them um, that they actually um, uh, sometimes felt seasick, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, and, and let's not uh, you know forget about uh, um, you know the 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 P 
people that are they're actually you know it's, it's, so, it's so much easier for 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 the the technology to uh, uh, you know influence people's uh, reasons for going to the movies and I think that's another thing is you can actually view them you don't actually go, have to go to the movie theater anymore and they tried to make them more immersive mm-hmm. and I think the, te- the the virtual production has made the the, the the, the resulting movies more immersive uh, in, in a lot of ways. And so I don't think, uh, you know, especially with big screens at home, you don't have to go to the movie theater anymore. So, I mean, it's changing changing the way that, that movies are, are viewed and experienced generally, I think, by the public. And yes. that's that's a, that's a big plus. Well, so, I mean, so there's, there's benefits and drawbacks. And some of the benefits, obviously, are that you know, we talked about our time and cost savings. A lot of times, uh, you know, virtual studios, you don't, like you say, you don't, there's virtual scouting, um, you know, you can create virtual versions of proposed sets. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, the travel time and additional expenses of your crew. Um, um, you can make your creative decisions a little bit earlier in the process. And, and so you can, it, that'll help you make right decisions uh, while the, uh, the actors are right there on, on, their, on the set. Um, so that'll lead to cleaner takes and less rework. There's flexible locations. Um, allows you to be at work from any location, especially if you're using a game engine to create it all in CG. So you're, you don't have to go to those places. And um, with the realism that we see in some of these game engines today, it, it, that's pretty much you can go anywhere you want and just create it. I mean, there's, there's actually, you know, obviously some drawbacks to that, but let's just, I'm going to continue on some of the other ones. So you have uh, idea iteration. So you can, like I said, you can develop your vision earlier um, it allows you to uh, explore, uh, you know, different visualization shots and environments before it even go, goes on the set at all. Um, so there's there's a lot of those positive positive things you could get. You know, lighting control efficiency, of course. Um, and then you can do you can adjust the the background. We've shown a couple of videos back and a couple of podcasts where you actually could adjust the entire background. Um, and, and uh, move rocks around, move buildings around, those just to make your shots you know look perfect. Um, so yeah, there, there's all those things. But then again, there's also some drawbacks um, as well. And so a lot of things has to be prepared ahead of time, as opposed to you know when you're when you're planning things out. Um, if you want to go and, and um, um, basically start, you have to kind of think about things ahead of time when you're going to be uh, you know starting. Okay, you can't. It's going to take you a little bit of time to build your backgrounds, right? So um, those are the things you kind of have to think about as well. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, front filling, if you would, um, to to get that ready to go. So Yes, I, I think, well, you know, they had to do that anyway. I mean, they have to build sets, you know, they to, to just, you know, traditional movie making. And I, I think, uh, you know, I'm not so sure that's a drawback. I think, I think you know, we had to plan... I mean, Everything has to be planned out when you're making a movie, just so you can be efficient and and, and use your resources properly. And you know, one one of the things that I, I I think is really really special about virtual production is its ability to you know when you're when you're when you're doing these you know, virtual production, you're capturing a lot of data. Uh, I mean, it's just and it's real time data, so you can you can you can lever that leverage all, a lot of that in post production. Um, you know, you can refine your visual effects and 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 really seamlessly integrate you know any CGI elements and. And just basically enhance the overall post post production process and make it really efficient. Um, and and you know I think audiences you know if if you can increase audience engagement with a movie just by 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 the realistic you know making it look real. I mean that's that that's the whole thing about movie making is you're trying to trying to get an immersive experience. And I think you know having all this data uh, you know available to you. 
especially in the post-production process, really, uh, you know, can, can, can really put that finishing touch that, that just is just too, too expensive to do in traditional uh, processes. Yes. And there's, you know, in addition to some of that, some of the drawbacks could be, you know, your, your constraints of your size of your LED volume too. So a lot of that can be uh, disadvantages as well, especially if you don't have, you know, a full 360 degree uh, or the, the, you know, the top of, um, you know, the top of your ceiling. Um, so there are some, there's, there are definitely some constraints there. Um, and then of course, learning those new, new tools. Um, a lot of times now people are going to have to learn the real-time engines and then figure out how to use that camera tracking with those real-time engines. And, um, so they have to be very technical a lot now too. So when people seem to be doing it, so, uh, it, it, I don't see that as, as something that is, I mean, to me, it's not rocket science, just, just learning another software or hardware, uh, thing and, and, uh, just applying that together. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's pretty quick to learn. Um, so those that I would just say that's probably some of the drawbacks, but I, there's way more pluses than minuses. So, uh, yeah, so exactly. I think that, I think, uh, right. I, I don't even think fil- filmmaking is not going to go back to the d- traditional uh, ways, I think. Uh, uh, and if they do, it's it's just I, I can't see it going back uh, at, at all. Uh, so I think virtual production is here to stay. As you said, it's it's the future. And uh, I think we're, we're getting close to the end there, Sean. I, I can't believe we got these podcasts go so quickly. Um, why don't we go ahead and uh, jump in the mailbag? And uh, uh, sounds good. You know, so you going uh, first. Yeah, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, this was a comment uh, by uh, at Insectula uh, on podcast twenty three twenty three of what you know how to CG uh, can you use CGI to create holograms? And this is what uh, Insectula says. He goes, "You guys are mi- mixing up several technologies that aren't holograms. Pepper's Ghost, light field images, two D projection, and lenticular surfaces are what you guys have shown here, and none of them are true holography." This is simply adding to the misconception of what holography really is. I love your work, but please go back and relearn what holography is uh, and isn't. Well, you know, uh, in secular, we appreciate your comment. And, you know, holography is a very complex subject, and, and we, we're trying to make it digestible and, and, you know, basically talk about how CGI uh, was used to create uh, holography. But, you know, we understand your point and, and uh, appreciate your comment. Yeah, I kind of ran out of time last time. I was actually going to mention Pepper's Ghost. Um, you know, basically, it's been around since uh, you know the 1800s. So, um, and, and it's basically where you have the illusion of a performer that's being reflected off an image uh, off stage and appears to be in front of the audience. So it's just a it's kind of a, a visual trick. Uh, but it's been around for a long, long time. But just so you know, go back to Encyclopedia Britannica about holography, and basically means creating a unique photograph image. A photographic image without the use of a lens and so uh, that photographic recording of that image is called a hologram so i mean yeah it, it, you can you can get very very technical and sometimes we we, we probably should do a little bit more uh it's hard to know where how deep we want to go technically but yes i mean it's it's a vast i mean there's so many different things that are mixed up together so it's i agree there, there is a it's a good point that and, and secular makes so appreciate that that comment um, so next one uh, is from our podcast 2321 um, and about flooding the earth. And he says, uh, uh, one, two, three, four, four, five, six, sevenist. Uh, you can only flood a flat earth. Think about it. Which is easier, flood a ball with water or fill up a bucket with water? Um, our earth is flat inside a pressurized dome covering it. So it would be <laughs> covering. So it would be uh, able to be flooded as water always finds its own level, sea level. That's an interesting comment. I don't even know what to say to that, but uh, 
That's that's what it takes for the comment. Yeah, that, I think that goes beyond my my understanding. It seems 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 logical uh, if you had a flat Earth, of course. But uh, you know, that's just a matter of perception, I think. And and that, that's a great comment as well. Thanks, thanks, uh, one, two, three, four, four, five, six, sevenist for sending that in. Uh, and this is uh, a comment from uh, podcast twenty three twenty. Um, it doesn't really relate to the podcast itself, but he said, uh, "Hey, uh, this is by user dash go to Hutu." J lip. <laughs> he says, Hey, CG bros, really amazing podcast and a lot of information. I like it. Please. Can you make a podcast about 3d product visualization? Now that's, that'd be very interesting and how it changes the world of e-commerce and advertising and how company and brands are changing from traditional methods, methods of, uh, uh, production to 3d, uh, works. And, uh, he just wants us to, to discuss that. And I think that's a great idea. Thanks for the comment. Well, we, we will do that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'd like to thank you for being part of our podcast today. It went by really quickly, and they seem to be doing that uh, these days. Uh, we really had a great time answering Sarah's question, uh, what is virtual production? And we hope you enjoyed uh, the discussion and learned something that you didn't know along the way. Uh, we believe it's an imperative to learn at least one thing new every week, whether you need to or not. And if you did, do us a small favor and share it around with some of your friends. Yeah, word of mouth is the best kind of advertising, you know. And hit that like button, too, because it helps YouTube's algorithm find people like you who are interested in what we talk about here on the CG Bros Insider Podcast. And uh, by the way, uh, we do these podcasts just for you. And if you've got us a subject, got a subject you'd like us to discuss, uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, just like uh, the, in the last comment, uh, we, we appreciate that. You can do that by heading to our website, cgbros.com, up to the About Us tab, and click on Ask Us Anything drop down, uh, just like uh, Sarah did. And we're always looking to improve our podcast and make them more interesting and useful to you. So we need your input. Leave us a comment below. And if you do, no guarantees. There's a good chance we'll read it in one of our future podcasts and mention you by name. We're bringing you a new cutting edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss everything having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, and other cool and interesting topics. Um, also, you can find our audio versions of this podcast on all major audio podcast platforms as well. If you haven't checked out the CG Bros channel, you got to get over there. What are you waiting for? It's your front row seat to see some amazing CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most talented people and new media producers and VFX studios out there today. You'll also find some really amazing VFX uh, insightful VFX breakdowns and behind the scenes makings of it as well. Yes, and we can't wait to see you here again for next week's podcast where Sean and I will be answering another great fan question. Uh, next week's podcast will be on how is NVIDIA changing gaming? That's going to be interesting. See you then. Well, that does it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Pro's answer to the question what is virtual production? Thanks for being with us. Did you enjoy the show? We'd love to hear from you. Click the super thanks button on YouTube to show your support. Your tip helps us obtain more high quality content for you to enjoy. And leave a comment and thumbs up for a chance to be mentioned in a future podcast. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell for instant notification when new episodes are posted. Share our videos with your friends on social media and follow us for all the latest news and projects. Want to listen to the audio-only version of the podcast? You can find us on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, become a CG Insider by subscribing to our free 
CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, cgpros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure to join us for the next episode when the CG Pros will answer the question, how is NVIDIA changing gaming? We can't wait to see you there. This has been episode 2327 of the CG Pros CG Insider Broadcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll catch you next time.